You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith and Fostering. Today we have the lovely Dawn Bailey with us. Uh, Dawn, you've got a pretty incredible story of how God has built your family through all sorts of interesting and different and ways. And um, yeah, so we are going to listen to a bit of your story today and then also um, later in um, the interview talk about um, trauma and sensory um, play and how you've combined that in your world and then also looking at, I mean, you're a homeschooling mom, you're doing all sorts of amazing things. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Terry. That's all good. So Dawn, why don't you just start? Um, at the beginning, I would say, well, not the very, very beginning, but how you and your husband met and then how your family started to build around you. Yeah, wow. It can be a very long story. <laughs> we'll break it down to all the highlight parts. Yeah, so I actually met my husband and I was actually uh, being mean to keep him keen. That's my motto. <laughs> it's quite cheeky to him, actually, because I didn't think um, – I um, didn't necessarily have confidence, actually, in a long-term marriage at that time. But, of course, being restored in a relationship with Christ, um, yeah. yeah, God did bring someone special, my husband, Luke. Um, and I'm an extrovert and he's an introvert. So <laughs> you knew it was going to be full of fun from the start. <laughs> yeah. um, and so um, we started our journey having um, four of our own children. Yeah, And so we um, have uh, three boys and then a girl and I was still at uni doing teaching. Yeah, um, And uh, when we finished our teaching, um, I had actually been a professional clown for um, many years. I, wow. I know if you scratch my nose, it's red. <laughs> um, scratch anyone's nose, you know, we all have an inner clown. Oh, <laughs> and, um, and then I uh, uh, was doing primary school teaching. And then progressed um, through uh, be being a teacher for primary school and high school. Um, then progressed through the years with my children. So I started off as a teacher and I loved being a teacher and I really loved uh, the school I was a part of. It was a very small school. So I had like um, a lounge in my classroom. So I treated it like my home and my kids were there early and late. And so we always had this flow with education and our family. But um, some of our children also displayed some needs. Um, we have um, two of our children are on the spectrum, yeah, um, A2 and A1. And so that brought challenges and we um, ha had to start thinking outside the educational square, I guess you could say, and be creative and involve therapy as part of our everyday family. Yeah. And then we had the opportunity to actually foster um, our niece and nephew Mm -hmm. um they were in the system and we had an opportunity to foster them um but we had to become um registered foster carers and get some training so we got some trauma training and that was so essential in preparing us yeah and then eight months after that um my lovely sister actually was in a car accident with her son oh, and uh, she passed away in that accident and uh, her son survived and yeah. his father had died eight months earlier oh, and so goodness. then we actually had another person join our family and oh, so then that. we became a family of seven <laughs> wow. um, yeah and it was quite the journey um 
And I'm quite proud of the journey and the testimony we have, but I also want to honour my children uh, with sharing the details because I want them to own their own testimony, you know, as they get older. But there there definitely are photos of like seven pairs of shoes and seven um, lunch boxes and having to become an instant family. Yeah. And as much as I had a very supportive school, very supportive school that was helping me we have got to the point where we have found homeschooling has actually met the needs the individual and particular needs that we actually have for the children that we're being called to love and grow and restore yeah so Dawn I'm going to interrupt you for a second I have just have two questions while you're telling your story number one where were you living as this kind of story unfolded? And number two, how old were your children when you first um, had your niece and nephew come into your family? Yeah, so uh, we were renovating a house okay. with, um, in Port Macquarie. And, of course, um, you know, you get more children. My husband just had to make more rooms, didn't he? Oh, boy. <laughs> he's, I think he's still making rooms. I think he just finished making a wall for part oh. of a room just last weekend. He's an absolute trooper, um, very c- creative man. Um, and so the ages that we actually, so my children, oh, such a good question. So the two children who came, the youngest ones who came were seven and uh, eight at the time. Okay. Um, and then um, the orphan, when he came, um, he was nine. And okay. so my children were then 10, uh, 13, 14, um, actually no, 13, 15 and 16. Okay, so your children were older than the children that were coming into your family. Yes. Just how yeah. Out. Okay. And that was part of the process. Like we did sit down and ask them about, you know, how do you feel about extending our capacity and sharing mum and dad with um, other people um, yeah. and inviting them into our home. So we had family meetings and and it was quite um, an interesting, just that in itself could be a whole podcast, just yes. to prepare your family yeah. to have capacity and you know, that their needs are getting met, but then they also, uh, their character is going to get stretched in such a beautiful way really because then they learn. We learn through stretching. They learn to have a capacity as well. And we see the fruits of that now, but there were some sticky moments. Oh, yes. Yes, there are. And so if you think back to that time, what would you say were two highlights that you look back on now in how you prepared your children and how that's borne fruit further down in the journey? What would you say was sort of a standout for you in that time? Mm. I think um, we are very blessed that our children, um, even though they may have um, – autistic tendencies yeah they are very welcoming and yeah. they are very sharing um people and because we had established things in our home where people could um be a bit quirky i might say like we have a lot of sensory games a lot of sensory spaces um we all love hammocks and yeah. sleeping out on the trampoline oh, and wow. because we created um um spaces to be creative we're a very creative family where you can play with paint and um, sit and draw all day that's okay Um, and then use that then my children felt they could share those skills you know so when um, new people were coming in and um, they were feeling a bit overwhelmed um, my children were like well come and have a hang on the hammock with me and so I was really proud of them being able to do that but also we had established um, we have this thing where um, in our family where people can say, oh, I need some space. Yeah. And um, 
that's really important that they were able to verbalize okay I've had enough I need some space and that they would go and have some space in their space or their room yeah. Or at one stage, their corner with a cupboard up the side. A cupboard up the side. Sometimes it's hard to find your space, isn't it? We're very intentional just, about just, making those. Yeah, just just go hide behind your cupboard and that curtain <laughs> um, and have some space. But there, I think there is this whole feeling heard and them saying, I need my space, and then backing that up like with the other children. Oh, can you just let that person have their space yeah. so they could engage you know, um, and I think one of the special, special times really is actually um, being involved in a community together, like going to church or going to events as a whole family and just seeing everyone um, actually just function together. There is something about packing up the car together and yeah. getting ready for a day or a picnic and uh, getting out um, a walk on the beach. Um, so, some of my best memories is actually seeing how everyone teamed together, you know, yeah, um, those are the type of things. Oh, uh, we do a lot of camping in the backyard. We're having a camp in the backyard. Right. Um, and, yeah, so very achievable. So we're having a, a stretch as a family, but, you know, we control how that stretches and can bring it back, you know. Mm, yeah. That's really wise and giving them, yeah, some sense of input into the stretch and how they manage that and how they manage themselves through it. Mm. We actually had, like, if, I could, if I could just add to that camping yeah. part, like, for example, we'd set up a tent in the backyard and, of course, they like everyone likes camping with their buddies, you know, yeah. like and they're all noisy and chatty all night and I get the lovely job of going out going, shh, we've got neighbours, <laughs> shh, shh, <laughs> and they yeah. scream out, we're being quiet. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, um, but then and then having the back door open and they have their little sleep but then in the morning they've crawled back inside and everyone's asleep on the lounge but yeah. one of the little goals we've had with all our children they're all very proud uh that day probably around that nine ten age where they all said i'm going to sleep outside by myself Oh, wow. um, but our dog our dog mortimer his name's mortimer mortimer's yeah. going to be there don't you worry <laughs> but all of them and even um and the younger ones, um, that really was quite, it's almost like an initiation. And yeah. I remember when um, our last, just the youngest one recently, who's been through a lot, them facing yeah. and having the confidence to sleep outside in the tent yeah. in a safe backyard with a lovely dog and overwatching adults. Yeah. Yes. But, gee, the pride, oh, I slept outside by mm. myself. That Because I think that's the thing that I fall in love with is seeing them feel their power again. Yeah. 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 Feeling their power and that they can face and overcome and process their fears and stretch and grow. I, I have a real passion on seeing them on that journey. It feeds me. It feeds my, it feeds my spirit. Absolutely. And how, Dawn, I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, I don't know, like obviously you are a teacher, but what do you think it's been in your own story that you knew how to unlock that for them or even that that was important for them as you were building your family because that's not something that we always see or understand. How do you mm. think that kind of grew for you to be something that you were like, oh, yeah, that's important? Yeah, I think I had a lot of challenges in my childhood and, and had a season where I was um, um, not able to live with family on my own um, in yeah. a homeless uh, situation and I actually um, was very blessed, actually. A family took me in through church and yeah. I was just astounded on how they functioned and they gave me insights. I was, um, I learnt, I guess I was discipled yes. um, with them and I saw the power of redemption in my own life. 
Um, I truly, truly was at a stage um, trying not to make it all about me, but t- definitely was in yeah. a stage in my own past, a, a broken person, a person yeah. um, feeling very isolated, um, f- facing my own trauma. Yeah. And when, when, you, when you are restored, um, and I think that's the thing is I know that God has restored me and yeah. given me a capacity and he, he he heals me i am healed i have scars that are my testimonies but the scars yeah. don't hurt because yeah. they have been um touched over yeah. time and counseling and therapy and prayer and steps of faith of growth and so because i know that god can restore i know that he can do that for others and that yeah. we have an opportunity to help young people become restored and redeemed so I, I do have a strong uh, belief in, in that and in that storing that hope in them. Yes. Wow, that's so good. And it's an incredible when we look back over our lives how God uses things that we would never choose to mm. grow in us what he needs to then set us on the path that he has for us and the good works that he's got for us to do that, yeah, he was preparing, yeah, through your story those seeds that he was then going to use to bless others and restore others and it's it's remarkable isn't it how he works like we just so often we're in the dark just thinking why and how and you know this doesn't make any sense and yet god knows exactly what he's doing and and how he's bringing things together and what what was going to come in your life what you what skills you were going to need Definitely. It is this whole, and I share this sometimes with my children and sometimes I have other children come and join us for a small season, that nothing gets wasted. Yeah. All things do get worked for good. Yes. Um, And that that God is not afraid of what we've been through. Yeah. He's not um, put off by that. Mm -hmm. um, It's it's really amazing when you actually – can just see just someone's growth and journey and um some of my most proudest moments is when when children do have a chance for them to share um share their testimony in a sense of how how they've been in a place that wasn't dark or and they couldn't see and um and then they have learnt and had a personal revelation of hope and restoration um always I, i i will never get sick of that uh that testimony someone who felt like they, they were taken like less than what they could be and then restored and they re- realise that they have so much calling and they recognise their gifts and they recognise um, their preciousness. Yeah, wow. What have been some of the opportunities that you've got to hear that from your children? Like what, are, what sort of environments have you been in where they've shared some of that? Yeah, it is that tricky space, isn't it? Because sometimes it's not pretty. It's not pretty yeah. when you've got someone who, who's overwhelmed and they um, are um, having a meltdown. Sometimes it is in that place of a meltdown. I think when I first, um, I used to melt down with them and then um, <laughs> over time I have totally melt down with them Yeah, and um, and go, well, this is not working. We've just got everyone's just all tearful. <laughs> um, and then this sort of just... Just humbly, humbly um, interceding. Um, I think for me, um, it is those moments of trying to calm down and mm-hmm. just comfort and learn how to comfort in a way that makes that person feel safe. And that's mm-hmm. been a real challenge for us because I think there's a part we think, oh, we'll just go give someone a hug. But 
sometimes you can't just give them a hug. That could mm. trigger some trauma or that could make them feel unsafe, you know. Um, and so, you know, that's why we've actually had hammocks. So they lay in the hammock and they can just like swing mm. and learn to self-soothe. And then me just sharing the whole it's okay that you are self-comforting and maybe also then gently share um, some words of truth, you know, yeah. um, that yeah. they are precious, that um, that um, they are safe. We do a lot of talk about acknowledging truth because, you know, when you've got someone who's been through some trauma, it can trigger and um, uh, they can get robbed by fear. A really good example is one of our children was saying, oh, there's something at the window. There's something scratching at the window. There's someone trying to get me at the window. And um, just the whole let's turn on the lights, let's open the window, let's have a look. Oh, look, there's a tree and the branches are scratching the window. That is the truth. There is a sound. You are hearing a sound. It's making you think these things. But let's focus on the truth. The truth is that you're safe and it's just a branch. And I would like you to think of all those fears and then cast your cares, you know what I mean, and remind yourself of the truth, you know. And that takes sometimes that works well and sometimes you just have to um, just be patient. I do a lot of... um, empowering uh children i like to empower them like some some of them have food issues and so teaching them how to cook or um another quirky thing i do is i teach them how to forage food from our backyard um if if you've had children who have had issues with food and that not having food all the time them feeling empowered like you know that dandelion you know you can make tea out of that do you know do you see this little herb here you can eat that herb because you know some children um who've been through some circumstances will just eat grass um and um that's not good for them (laughs) but there are things that they can um and i teach them how to fry their own egg and um we have fix my noodles night where you get two minute noodles and you get to get things from the garden to make let's make these noodles healthy um (laughs) some greens and but i think there's something about them that that's what just uh connecting it to the question that you had those moments that's when i get excited when they go look i can cook my own egg look i can make my own food mm. um, we sometimes make bread from scratch i'm gonna i've had a big thing of dough and they go can i just put that my dough on the griller and get like a turkish bread that we get yeah and they've got some herbs from the backyard because i think that's um helping them in two ways number one there's an empowering of yeah. them being able to get the food but there's also this other thing where they're connecting against sensory where they're going outside they're in the sunlight Mm. they're in the moment of the day they're touching the plants there's a lot of sensory feedback that's helping them nourish um um peace and truth in in them Um, a lot of children who go through trauma um, or have sensory issues cannot be in the moment they're whelmed by fear or they're whelmed by um, stress and anxiety and so teaching them things that help ground them yeah um, it's really quite powerful for them you know it's almost if i can if i make a bit of a joke of it sometimes it is as simple as you need to go hug a tree mate <laughs> you know? just go yeah. hug the tree and then come back and we'll have a talk because sometimes yeah. i don't have the words i don't have the patience sometimes it is the whole can you just go for a little walk outside and um, there's some rose draining there just go have a little smell of that and then yeah. we'll reconnect you know. Wow. So describe your backyard to me, Dawn, because oh, yeah, I've got no. pebble trees in my backyard and there's not a whole lot that the kids can go out there and touch. I mean, there are. There's, there's certainly still plants out there. But, yeah, what is your backyard like? 
Yeah. Um, I'm very blessed because I'm I, I do have a backyard and I have um I do like gardening. Yeah. Um and uh which I um caught from my grandparent and my and my mum who also loves gardening. Um and because of homeschools, uh, one of our first units we did was actually on uh permaculture and polyculture growing instead of growing mm-hmm. just monoculture, just one type of plant in a row we make garden beds that are polycultured we'll have a herb a flowering plant and then three vegetables growing together and yep. weeds we actually have learnt what weeds we can grow in our garden like chickpea okay. and purslane and I think that's something that's really been really good for our kids too that's something that looks you know, we can go. Oh, that's what fits in. Oh, actually, this is actually doesn't fit in, but this is this is actually good for you. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes there's a lesson in that for the children as well. Yeah. So it's a it's a backyard with lots of um um uh, plants and areas. But one thing I would say our backyard has is a lot of spaces. Um, um, we so have like a land or like no, no I'm such a tryhard with a backyard it's just a 700 700 and 760 yeah, awesome. square meters yeah, so it's so not actually huge that space you can still do what you're doing you can still create spaces and grow that's sure. so good yeah yeah and can I also encourage like we have like little cubby houses I know we have older teenagers but sometimes someone wants to go sit in a little cubby house and we still have mm-hmm. a little cubby house with pillows in it we have a swing chair there's something about swing chairs gee I love a good swing wing chair, hammocks, um, making um, we have um, areas just where they can sit in the garden and, yeah, yeah, nibble, nibble, nibble things um, and smell things and touch things. Um, And we have like um, uh, an area with like a little pond. We have a duck called Winston. He's hilarious. (laughs) So Winston and Mortimer, those are good names. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> the kids help us and we have chickens and uh, chickens are double fold because a lot of time when you have children who come and join your family and they don't like your food because they have maybe have had to eat different types of food and yeah. some of their food habits have actually been on that survival uh thread and you can't really shame uh people who've had to live and create food habits for them to feel well and Absolutely. so it is a bit of a journey to sort of uh, of exploring, oh, try this, try this. Oh, it, you don't like it? Well, you had a try and now the chickens love you because you just gave the chickens um, what you couldn't eat and, oh, and t- letting go of that stress. You know, I'm not saying I never um, stretch them and go, I really would like you to try and finish that. But there is yeah. this whole, have a good try um, and then give it to the chickens and we'll try again. Yeah. We'll try again next meal. Yeah. But yeah, it's really just a backyard. It's just a backyard that, that we try and be creative with. That's always changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so good. And as your family grows, and I imagine now your your older children would be what sort of high school age? Are they leaving high school yet? Yeah, so I have had two who've finished a HSC, okay. um, and um, and then one's moved on to an apprenticeship, and yeah. another one who's just still processing what uh, his gifts and talents, and um, that's the challenge, isn't it? When as you're getting older, finding your spot where you feel yes. like this is the spot that I've got to grow. These are where all my gifts and talents come together, and I've found my industry, and he's still processing that. Yeah, and those those are big things. Those are you know those are big seasons in life aren't they where you're making those decisions that are then going to be worked out over time it's yeah that's a big Mm, and that's what I love about homeschooling because I think I feel like the other children who have experienced more homeschooling they are able to maybe um take time to acknowledge those gifts and then hone them a bit more um one of 
sons is at TAFE and just focusing on film and animation and just seeing, um, isn't that lovely, when they find their space and you don't have to tell them to put hours in because they're in their area of passion. Yeah. They choose to put the time in and then I feel like I step back as a facilitator and make sure they've just got all the bits and pieces they need mm. um, as they're putting their, their time into something. And that's the other side of homeschooling that's so precious because we have some of our children who've had gaps in their education. Being at a scaffold, being able to go, right, this is like, you know, this is where you are with your reading and this is the next step you need to stretch. And um, for some children, you know, uh, being in a classroom can be very overwhelming. Yes. They're getting very strong feelings. They're being triggered. And no one is doing it to them intentionally, Yeah, you know, um, but they are still in like protection, survival, fight or flight or freeze mode. Yeah. And so being able to homeschool and be able to say, all right, here's your work. Oh, you, no, you're not ready for that. You need to go out on the hammock for a minute. Okay, but please, you have. I do want you to come back and have another try. And then they, you know, they find that position. Sometimes, some of the positions, I've found them in Terry. I am not joking. Half on the trampoline, half on the ground with a book between their legs and another book between their hands. And I'm like, how's the work going? Oh, I'm doing a great job. That's great. Uh, I, I couldn't do it that way. <laughs> But I'm glad it's working for you. Well, it looks like you're doing yoga at the same time. <laughs> it's probably really good for their bodies. And isn't it amazing, like, how that unlocks something for different people, like the position mm-hmm. of your body and how you're sitting and how you're moving actually unlocks things for your focus or your attention or what you see. It's just incredible, Dawn. It, yeah, definitely with children on the spectrum, they can actually, very common for them to really have uh, problems with the strength of their core. So yeah. it is very, very common that they want to lay on the ground that mm. they um, or they might lean on, on furniture a different way. And yeah. schools do accommodate for this. Uh, I do know that a lot of schools and teachers do accommodate. But in a home environment, um, you can set those things up. Um, yes. And they're really accessible. So the flow in work and out of work um, um, it can be more successful than just the timetabled subjects. Yes, yes, mm. and being told when to adjust. That's so mm, good. Mm, mm. We hope you enjoyed part one of this Faith in Fostering podcast. You can tune in for part two next week. And in the meantime, let's remember every child deserves a family. ARC has released a devotional journal for carers of kids from tough places. It's written by like-minded carers who love Jesus for carers within the out-of-home care system. In it, you'll find scriptures to meditate on, devotions to encourage you, and pages for journaling your prayer times and insights as God gives them to you. You can purchase your copy today at arcaustralia.org.au. Love this podcast? If you're a regular listener of Faith and Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge, but it isn't free to bring to you. So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support.